0: Today, Bishop Earl and I answer a challenger's question, just what have you found? Next on Polygamy, what love is this? A a few weeks ago, uh, my co-host... Earl Erskine, thank you for Hello. for helping out in our show. Uh, Earl was asked a question by someone um, who kind of got a little bit perturbed because he kept talking about what was wrong with Mormonism and he says, "Well, just what have you found as a Mormon no more so we 'll let Earl explain the situation
1: yeah, actually, Doris, it was um, kind of a what you call I guess the good news bad news you know it 's easy to keep talking about the bad news." Uh, the Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon and the Book of Abraham and Polygamy and Polyandry, where Joseph Smith mm-hmm. married other men 's wives and uh, really the bad news, but the question came back to me well why don 't you ever talk about the good stuff or yeah. what have you what is it that you 've learned or what what have you what did you find out? So I kind of took it upon myself, and we talked about it, and thought maybe this would be an interesting be a topic, co- topic for a show.
0: Because we yeah. may have a lot of viewers who are thinking the same thing. Yeah, perhaps. You, know, you, and you talk about everything that's wrong with yeah. with Mormonism, but
1: is there anything positive that's come out of your
0: your and, journey and and, and 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 why we do what we do? What yeah. compels us to do this? Yeah, and exactly. you doing the ex Mormon piles and yeah. so on? Yeah. Why we decided to embrace biblical Christianity uh, and reject Mormonism. Because there certainly has to be a good reason for us to do that. Not a good reason based on what we left behind, but a good reason based on what we found. So we wanted to share with our viewers what we have found. And of course, it's gonna be very difficult. There's so many phenomenal things (laughs) that I found. We won't be able to cover everything as much as we'd like to. We can't, but this is a good place to start. So why don't you begin?
1: Well, my first one, actually, and I, I've, I've kind of taken a cue from this book that I really enjoy, Starting at the Finish Line by mm-hmm. John Wallace. Just an excellent book. book. Yeah. But what impressed me the most is the very first thing that he did, and I thought maybe I'd start with this, is that one of the things that I learned coming out of Mormonism is that I could actually trust the Bible.
0: Now, awesome. <laughs> Who
1: knew that? Yeah. For 65 years, I was indoctrinated with the idea of the eighth article of faith, that the Bible, we believe the Bible to be the Word of God as far as it's translated correctly, and we also believe the Book of Mormon to be the Word of God. So, as far as it's translated correctly, and so it was always just kind of assumed, uh, kind of without always being said, but you really can't trust the Bible. And we cherry-picked scriptures mm-hmm. in the Bible that kind of supported Mormonism. I've since gone through those missionary scriptures and kind of put them in context, and I've learned a lot that way. <laughs> bit, yeah. But let me read a little bit. This is part of the indoctrination again. And I, I've read the Book of Mormon about 30 times or more. And so this is from 1 Nephi chapter 13, verse 24 and 26. When it, the Bible, proceeded forth from the mouth of a Jew, it contained the fullness of the gospel of the Lord of whom the twelve apostles bear record. Thou seest the formation of that great and abominable church, which is most abominable above all other churches. For behold, they have taken away from the gospel of the Lamb many parts which are plain and precious, and also many covenants of the Lord have they taken away. Well, you keep reading that over Mm -hmm. and over, and you're Mm -hmm. convinced more and more that, yes, the twelve apostles wrote the New Testament, and it was reliable, but then the great and abominable church came along and
0: And, and the took abominable all the, church was who? To, to well, Bruce R. McConkie
1: you know. said the Catholic Church, and but, that's what but the certainly, taught us, yeah, yeah, but certainly the, anybody that came along after, maybe including the Protestants and so on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I have them post the Second Nephi twenty-nine, three, six, and ten. Everybody probably is familiar with this, but I'll just paraphrase a little bit. Many of the Gentiles shall say, a Bible, a Bible, we've got a Bible, we don't need any more Bible. And then it goes on to say, wherefore, because that ye have a Bible, ye ye need not suppose that it contains all my words, neither need ye suppose that I have caused more to be written. Well, I finally learned that there was actually thousands of manuscripts supporting the New Testament. Exactly. That the early fathers of the church, mm-hmm. uh, Origen and Polycarp and, and I didn't know that
0: either until I know became that. a Christian. And, yeah. and then then That they've actually it.
1: quoted thousands and thousands of scriptures. Probably most of the New Testament is found some somewhere quoted in these early mm-hmm. early mm-hmm. fathers. Yeah. And this was all done before the great and abominable church came along and so Right. Certainly reliable,
0: right. So right.
1: So I guess one of the things that I've really felt like I found is a, is a testimony or if you will, or a reliability on the, on the, the, on the, on the, the Bible. Bible. One of the other things that's part of that is the Dead Sea Scrolls. Here they came along a hundred or so years before mm-hmm. Jesus was born, mm-hmm. at least that's when they were recorded. And they show they present the Old Testament almost its in, in, in its entirety and almost 98 or whatever the numbers are, 98% accurate.
0: According to today's translations. According
1: to today's exactly. translations, and Joseph Smith comes along and he makes his own Joseph Smith translation, and none of those changes were supported by the Dead Sea Scrolls. By the
0: Dead Sea Scrolls, yeah. exactly. Well, I, and I found the same thing exactly as you're saying. Uh, I was reading a book about it, and they the book quoted Isaiah 40, verse 8, where it, it says, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. Yeah. And and the person who was writing this book said, If God said it, he could do it. <laughs> and I, just immediately, right then, I knew. I knew I could trust the Bible, the Bible at that point.
1: And heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass Away. And that's
0: what Jesus said. God
1: was able yeah. to do that.
0: God is able.
1: And then one other little thing, and it's a negative again to the Book of Mormon, but back in about 1000, BC, 1000 AD, the Vikings came to Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. They set up a little, no, nobody really knows how long they were there, maybe 100 years. But there's so many coins and artifacts and other things supporting that
0: mm-hmm.
1: supporting that Viking uh Community, civilization, civil, or whatever. civilization, and their little visit to the, the Americas, and yet there is no archaeology or nothing, anything supporting. Nothing. For the book well, this of book, uh, again, one little quote says: even so, most Latter-day Saints are inclined to place their full trust in the historical reliability of the Book of Mormon, despite its utter lack of corroborating evidence, and they cast doubt on the reliability of the Bible. With its veritable mountain of evidence,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: And we're always learning new things about the Bible and that it can be trusted. Mm-hmm. So anyway, reminds that me was of a, a,
0: a okay. meme I saw recently that shows this picture of a of a huge room, um, and it says, uh, "This is an, an exhibition of the artifacts of the Book <laughs> of Mormon," and the room is totally empty. Yeah, because there is nothing. Absolutely Even though there to were supposedly
1: millions of people with yeah. coins and chariots mm-hmm. and steel. Yeah. Again, that's a negative, and that's the bad news. But, but the good news—the good
0: news, is the good news for
1: me—is that the Bible is trustworthy. We can trust it, and, we I, can. Kn- and I never knew that.
0: Absolutely. Well, my—the uh, first one I want to deal with is when I found out that Jesus Christ is God Almighty. That he's he's the only God now and forever, ever has been, ever will be, and not just of this planet, which is what they teach, Oh, he's God of this planet, but there's gods for other planets. He's God of every planet, everywhere and anywhere, God of his creation, which of course means the negative part, Jesus is not the devil's brother. (laughs) Uh, Jesus is Lucifer's creator because he's God the creator. Uh, Of course, Lucifer was created as a beautiful and a good angel who rebelled and then fell. Um, But I've been asked the question um, by different people, well, just who has the religious authority in your church? You know, because they're big on authority. Well, uh, the only thing I can answer is Jesus does. He's God. He's, He's God, the authority of God. So, of course, Jesus has the authority and we follow his word. And all of Mormonism relies upon human authority.
1: Oh yeah. Human
0: authority delegated here there and everything else, but we rely on Jesus because Jesus is God. Emmanuel, which means God with us, and the scripture that backs up the meaning of Emmanuel is in Matthew. It's from the Old Testament by the way, but Matthew 121 through 23 says, "She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God God with with us. us. So we know what Emmanuel means because we're told what it means. So Jesus Christ is the only God. He was God on the cross. This is another verse that really impacted me in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, where Paul is exhorting the leaders of the church, be shepherds of the church of God, which he, God, bought with his own blood. Mm. Well, who's on the cross?
1: Yeah,
0: Jesus. Jesus Christ is obviously God who bought his church with his own blood. So God on the cross really impacted me. It deeply impacted me because I'd been intimidated with threats of hell and damnation and Polygamous leaders who never taught the grace of God or the love of God. Uh, but we see from that that he loved us so much. God loved yeah. us so much he that came. he became the man Jesus and died on the cross for my sins.
1: And those are things we just aren't taught in in detail or, or that concept is just not presented.
0: It's, it's rejected. Yeah. Every Every Mormon or polygamist that I've talked to rejects the biblical concept of Jesus Christ being God Almighty. He's just
1: one of many. Yeah, he's just our elder brother. Uh-huh,
0: and yeah. So that's what I so found. Special. That's yeah. what I found. And well, that's a I neat just, one. Well,
1: yeah. you mentioned Paul, and that was my number two, is trusting Paul. First of all, I trusted the Bible. And, uh, and then all of a sudden I started thinking, well, now wait a minute. This Paul was called to be the apostle to the Gentiles. And I have a scripture. It says this uh, in Acts 9, 15, 16, after after the road to Damascus the Lord comes to Ananias and he says go thy way, uh, talking to Ananias about Paul for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake and uh, it just, uh, I started studying Paul and what he had written and having now trusting what being said and feeling like I could trust it then I started learning what Paul talked about yeah. and, and he mentions in 1 Corinthians 15 1 through 4 what the gospel what, is what
0: the gospel really is and he says
1: moreover brethren I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you Well, it was interesting that this is, I mean, Paul's teaching the gospel, and which you've also received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day. Uh, Now, that's not the gospel I learned
0: growing up. (laughs) That's not even well, the no, gospel. I, you know, I'd like to what actually
1: happened? ask even more Mormons or more LDS people, what do you think the gospel is? And I, I'm trying to think back to myself if I had asked myself that question, what was the gospel? And I, I'm not sure that I, what I would come up with. I, I'm sure it would be a combination of Families Are Forever and the... Book of Mormon and the temple. So it would be the the doctrine and all of their stacks of books. Yeah, the priesthood and those kinds of things. That's the gospel, isn't it? (laughs) Well, apparently it isn't because here's what uh, Galatians 1, 6 through 9 says and Paul's writing this, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached; let him be accursed. As we said before, so I, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto that unto you that ye have received, let him be accursed. Well, he's already told us that the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for us. For us. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, no, so I telling read, anything else added <laughs> anything to that's else. wrong.
0: And when I first read those verses in Galatians, the first thing that popped to my mind was Angel Moroni. You know, and the angel <laughs> that Even came if to Joseph an Smith. Yeah, yeah, let him be accursed. So I thought, well, the gospel's cursed. <laughs> the angel is accursed for yeah. whatever. And the people that believe it and follow it are also cursed.
1: Yeah. And I think the sad thing is, is the Mormons spend so little time studying Paul. And when they do... It's very selective. It's mm-hmm. more topic driven rather than un- really understanding what he presented. Right. And, and I've talked taught. to a
0: few people in from Mormonism who, uh, a couple of return missionaries, I think have specifically, who said Paul was arrogant and that he just <laughs> liked to you know prayed himself around and think that he was somebody greater than he really was. But no. that is not who Paul no. is at all.
1: No, he, I, I think he felt like he needed to defend himself sometimes uh-huh. as being an apostle. Mm-hmm. But he certainly... Uh, anyway, so that, yeah. was, that was my number two. And, and I think that's very Paul.
0: important because yeah. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. Yeah, so that is important to yeah. know. Well, my second one is uh, in Mormonism, um, and that would be both the polygamy group and the the LDS church, that the their group or their church or whatever it is, is... The mediator between us and God—that oh. we need to have them between us and their authority and right? all of their authority yeah. that goes with it—and so when I found out that we go directly uh, to Jesus or to God through Jesus, He's the only mediator. Yeah. We don't need a bishop. We don't need a, a leader. <laughs> we don't need somebody to, re- to to confess and then repent. Uh, or be told how to repent, or what we had to do to repent. We don't need any of Just that. To have that All personal we have is relationship, Jesus. Yeah. And one of the beautiful things about having Jesus as our mediator is He's kind. He knows everything. He's <laughs> forgiving. Uh, he's faithful, and He's confidential. <laughs> He doesn't blab anything to anybody about us. And so we can go to Him knowing that that He can help us in our time of need. And He's promised never to let us go. This was one of the special things about having Jesus is um, that He hangs on to me. John chapter 6, verse 37, uh, Jesus said, All that the Father gives me shall come to me, and him that come to me I will in no wise cast out. So there's no love court. Mm. Uh, no repentance meetings or excommunication uh, sessions or private interviews with the leader or the bishop or whomever else. Um, Jesus does not excommunicate us from himself. <laughs> no. And once we've truly received him into our hearts and our lives, we are his forever and ever and ever. And
1: there's such joy in that. Such, such wonder. Freedom joy. and, and uh, yeah. uh, a peace of mind.
0: Absolute peace yeah. of mind. Yes, I love that.
1: Yeah, that's neat. Well, my third one kind of ties in with what we've talked about already. I question what did Jesus and Paul actually say in the New Testament. Mm. Uh, I got a red-letter Bible, and this was before I even left the church, but I, I, I searched around. I went to our library in the church, and... Asked the librarian and looked through books and stuff to find a red letter edition of the Bible because I know the church used to mm. used to have them or at least I'd seen them before. Finally, found one on Tuesday morning. Oh! <laughs> found a red letter Bible. My word. <laughs> and all I did was I didn't read anything but the red words. I wanted to find out what was important to Jesus, what oh. he said and what he didn't say. Wow. And then I did the same with Paul, basically. But I found out Jesus didn't talk about a lot of things he didn't talk about families are forever
0: (laughs) right or three
1: degrees of glory or baptism for the dead uh he talked about himself actually quite a bit presenting
0: who he is
1: and this is these are all from john i am the this isn't on the screen but i am the bread of life he that cometh to me shall never hunger but and he that believeth on me shall never thirst i am the light of the world i am the door of the sheep i am the good shepherd I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, the truth, and the mm-hmm. life, and I am the true vine. And it just struck me how, um, what Jesus actually talked about, and what Paul talked about. Again, nothing about uh, polygamy. priesthood, polygamy, all those authority kind of things. Right. And, and and then the, another thing that kind of, uh, maybe again a negative, but the Book of Mormon doesn't contain any of 3 degrees That's of glory right. or baptism for the dead totally silent on that. Mm-hmm. And you just in Mormonism I, I think my concept was the four scriptures that we had the four standard works they're called. We just I just kind of put them on the same level. So when anything got talked about I figured okay the doctrine and covenants doctrine was the same as the Bible and the Book of Mormon and the Pearl of Great Price. They kind of all were on equal footing. But when you pull the Bible out, and first of all, trust it, Mm -hmm. and then realize what they talked about and what they didn't talk about, it was very
0: revealing. Very interesting. Uh, And another interesting thing is so many people try to teach or validate their teaching by using what the Bible doesn't say as their basis. And we can't do that. There's a lot of things the Bible doesn't say.
1: That's right.
0: Well, the, the New Testament doesn't say, Thou shalt not commit polygamy. Uh, and so it's okay to live polygamy because it doesn't, and you can't do right. that either. That's not the way God, that's not the, his purpose for his word is yeah. based on what he doesn't say.
1: So, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty revealing to me that uh, to find mm-hmm. out what Jesus yeah. talked about and what he thought. And if, if families were forever and say. that was important, I think he would have mentioned it or temple ordinances and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And
0: temple marriage, yeah, and all that. That was, that was big. Well, my next one is the promise of eternal life without works. That was a big, oh, boy. big for me. <laughs> and I think our next... Work your way to heaven. Huh? Working our way to heaven. Of course, polygamy was a huge part of it. And you had to be part of the polygamy group. It uh, was part of your works. But Jesus said in John 6:29, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Works, we want to know what works. Yeah. This is it. And that was their question to Jesus. What works does God require? And this is it, to believe. Now this is a heart, trust, relying upon belief. It's not like believing the sun's going to come up tomorrow. That word definition is different than that. It's more deeply ingrained in our lives will change according to what we believe. And we believe in Jesus. And Jesus is a gift. A gift from God. And he's the Savior. I think the big thing with this is... The Savior saves, and He knows what it takes to get us saved. He knows that. Uh, we don't get to add to it, because, and, and since He knows what saves us, he, like you said, He talks about Himself because He's the Savior. In John 10, 28-29, He said, I give them eternal life. Notice the word give, and they shall never perish. Notice the word never. and no one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. So when you read this, realizing that Jesus is God, and the Father is God, we're held securely in the two hands of God, and no one can snatch us out of Him. It's eternal, and it's a gift. We're safe without a church, without a church authority, without any self-righteousness. And one thing that that people don't realize is God will never judge us on our self-righteousness. Yeah. Never. Yeah. And uh, we just trust in him alone. It's a gift. It is. <laughs> he's, he's given us his, he fulfilled the law. He's given us his righteousness. Yeah. And so we stand before God in Christ's righteousness.
1: Yeah, that was a concept I didn't really understand. And my next one kind of ties in with that on talking about grace. But I didn't appreciate the fact that it's Jesus's righteousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always figured he was, yeah, I, I, I knew he was perfect. I right. believed that. But I didn't realize that perfection allows me to stand before God clean. Right. And real. And that's because amazing I when thought you that,
0: really get that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: when you really think that through, that it's not what I've done and what I can do, but right. it's what Jesus his righteousness. So mine ties in with that a little bit with grace because I was 65 years in this work-oriented religion, and I didn't really appreciate the simplicity of the gospel. And now it's just, it seems so simple and yet so Mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. I call godlike. I don't know if that's really accurate or not. But for example, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are ye saved through faith, And I think the fact that you've got grace means you can't have works. I mean, they can't exist at the same time. It's either a gift or it isn't. So by grace, you're saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do when we do our, our own thing. And then uh, right. you mentioned John 6, uh, 28, 29, What do we do to work the works of God? You believe on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Romans three twenty-eight. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Yeah,
0: no self-righteous well, works. That would have been
1: important to a Jew because they'd been living the law all these years, and mm-hmm. and uh, and now Mormons and Joseph Smith comes along and adds new laws and new things to us. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And
0: there's that word gift again. again it's, a gift. it's a gift. It's not by works.
1: So you don't pay for a gift. or right. Or what... Uh, and, and then, Romans
0: tells us that. If it's a gift, yeah. it's not works. And if it's works, it's not a gift. It's not yeah. grace.
1: And it, it, it is grace so that no, none of us can boast. Yeah. It's in, in Jesus. And then, of course, the very famous one, John seventeen three, And this is life eternal, that they might know the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Isn't
0: that, isn't that wonderful? Grace is, is it's so just good. an
1: interesting concept. And all a Mormon knows about it is we're saved by grace after all we can do. And mm. those are totally
0: That invalidates grace. Yeah. They're
1: impossible to be together. Yeah,
0: it can't be, it's yeah. not, not at all. <laughs> and mine is kind of an extension of my last one and what you just talked about in grace. Um, it's my rest in Christ. finished work. Mm-hmm. Um, I can rest in that work. I don't have to worry about it and fret about it. Have I done enough? Do I have to go to the temple? Do I have to yeah. live polygamy? Do I have to do? Th- I can rest um, in in um, Mormonism. It's do do do. Uh, with Christianity is done, done, done.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I was grown up, you have to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You have to put your shoulder to the wheel and push along, you know, all of these works <laughs> things. In fact, a nickname that we called our polygamy group was called the work.
1: Now oh, isn't really?
0: that a slap in God's face, just to call it the work, because it's not by works.
1: As opposed to the way.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and, and in Jesus is rest, 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 yeah. not do, do, do. Uh, and this isn't a, a laziness, it's a spiritual rest. No. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 is my scripture on that. Um, Matthew 28 through 30, Jesus said, come to me. This is his invitation, by the way. To anybody who's watching this show or listening to it right now, it's Jesus' invitation to them. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my, oh my burden goodness. is light now rest for your souls is a rest a spiritual rest
1: yeah
0: it isn't a laziness it's a spiritual rest and that's his promise because our works are done yeah when when we do that and so Jesus is the fulfillment of his rest. And there's a huge difference in working for our salvation and working to earn salvation. Yeah, and That's let me. That's what I found.
1: Uh, okay, and my last one is about the cross. And a quick little story if we've got enough time. Um, I get out of the shower one morning, and after 65 years of uh, getting out of the shower, I used to always put my garments on the very first thing. Mm-hmm. Well, this one morning I was thinking about, oh, I used to put my garments on. And then I started thinking, you know, it's funny, the garments is a reflection of what I've done, yeah. what I've earned. Mm-hmm. I've gone through the temple, I've paid my tithing, I've endured to the end I'm so worthy. far, I'm it? worthy. Uh, I have my temple recommend, and I've done all the things I'm supposed to be doing, being a good, faithful Mormon. And I thought, that's all about me. Mm. So then instead of, of course, putting on the garments, I put on my cross, and I think, oh, this is all about Jesus. It's all
0: the works Jesus did. The yeah.
1: cross represents what he did, not Anything that I've done.
0: Wow, that's so so awesome, a big difference isn't that? between
1: garments and cross. Uh-huh. Um, and then the question I'd ask of a Mormon is if Jesus had not gone to the cross, would there have been an atonement?
0: That's a good question. Yeah. I love that question. I'd like to hear some answers from yeah, those in Mormonism. I might,
1: might ask Do they that.
0: believe in the atonement outside yeah. of the cross? Anyway. Well, and my very last one very quickly <laughs> is uh, that Christianity is not a religion. Oh. It's not a religion at all. It's a relationship. People can call it a religion, but it isn't. It's a relationship with Jesus who died for me. All the ordinances are nailed to the cross, Colossians yeah. chapter 2. Yeah. And if the ordinances are nailed to the cross, we don't have to worry about them anymore.
1: Yeah, written on our mind and on our, on our heart. Written on our mind
0: and in our heart. We have yeah. a, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. <laughs> and so he's our king. Out of this world, King and kingdom. So these
1: are some of the wonderful things that we found. That we found. That, mm-hmm. uh, that really give us encouragement and hope and rest and freedom and peace and
0: peace in our all lives. of those joys that and come. And why from, we do what we do? We don't do yeah. it to put others down. We want our viewers to find what we found. To
1: find this, these same right. truths. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Thanks, Earl. Thank yeah, you, you betcha. Very, um, very quickly. When people ask me what my favorite Bible verse is or my life's verse, I find it difficult to answer because. There's so many awesome, encouraging, beautiful verses in the Bible. It's hard to choose a favorite. However, the passage that has helped me hundreds of times and, and I've used to help people who are struggling with Mormonism versus Christianity is Matthew 11:28 through 30 that I quoted earlier. It's Jesus' invitation for you to come to him, to let him take your burdens, and in exchange he'll give you his rest. It's a spiritual rest because you'll find rest for your souls. Jesus did it all. It is finished. He said so. When we try to work for what He wants to give us, we are saying we don't trust His work, but we trust our own worth, worthless works more. There are no substitutions for the cross of Jesus Christ, but there, and, and there's no salvation in any church either. Period. It's by grace alone, uh, through faith alone. It's the gift of God alone, so no one can boast. And that's what we found. Thank you for watching. or call us at
1: 1-800-877-425-9993.